Hello, Choose Love friends. This is Scarlett Lewis, the founder, and I have an incredibly special guest today, Cynthia Germanata, who is the president of Born This Way Foundation, and she is also Lady Gaga's mom. Hi, Cynthia. Hello, Scarlett. It's great to hear your voice, and thank you very much for having me and the foundation on today. Absolutely. It is such a pleasure and an honor. We met several years ago in New York City at one of your incredible benefits. Yes, we did. And I'm so glad we had that opportunity to connect. I have followed your work and you are my hero. You are so kind and so brave. And thank you for all the great work you are doing. I really appreciate that, Cynthia. Thank you. Everyone knows why I started the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement following the murder of my six-year-old son at Sandy Hook. But why did you start the Born This Way Foundation with Lady Gaga, your daughter? Well, you know, Scarlett, our foundation too was also prompted by my daughter and the issues and the struggles that she had, uh, you know, as a young girl growing up and her desire to better equip other young people to deal with their struggles. And, you know, it started in middle school where she started experiencing bullying. And it took what should have been a really beautiful and positive childhood school experience and turned it into something really difficult and really horrible that resulted in a lot of issues for her. You know, she began, this was a very confident young woman. She began to really question herself, have a lot of self-doubt, and it led to anxiety and depression in middle school and has you know, pretty much followed her ever since. It, it never quite leaves once something that severe happens. And you know, that was really the motivation behind our work as she gained her voice uh, in the music industry, in the entertainment industry. She would share her struggles and what she went through as a young child very openly and candidly on stage. And as a mom, I didn't quite understand it, but I came to realize that she was healing and other young people were healing and feeling empowered. So it was really through that and through seeing that other young people experienced similar issues and they wanted to help. They were like, Gaga, how did you do it? How did you overcome this? How can we be part of this type of a change? So that, you know, really beautiful organic relationship is what the foundation evolved from. Um, it was a movement before it was our mission. You know, I'm just really proud of her for using her voice in that way to help other young people. So since then, since we founded, I mean, our mission now is, you know, to make kindness cool. And hopefully we'll talk about that. It's to validate the emotions of young people everywhere and to eliminate the stigma around mental health. That's an amazing vision. You know, it took a lot of courage for her to get up, especially in front of a huge audience, and talk about things that happened to her that were so painful. But that vulnerability, the courage for her to be vulnerable and open her heart to so many other young people, really, I think, has cultivated this incredible trust and connection with all of your followers. And it is a movement. I love your mission, but it is so powerful, the connection that she has 
with so many young people across the country. You know, I know that she experienced tremendous bullying. I was actually on a Zoom call with a seventh grade class the other day, and one young woman waited till the end. She asked me a great question. I don't think she wanted to ask it in front of other people. And she said, have you ever been bullied? And I said, you know what? I have been bullied. And she said, well, you know, what did you do? What came out of that? And I said, let me tell you what came out of that. And I see that exactly with your daughter. So I was bullied. It was incredibly painful. But the strength, you know, when we're outside our comfort zone, you know, a lot of our growth as human beings comes from being outside of our comfort zone and even pain and suffering <laughs> actually can strengthen us. It's yeah. called post-traumatic growth. And so I can look back and see how going through that situation strengthened me to be able to handle my parents' divorce, which was also incredibly painful. And, and what I gained from that helped me handle my own divorce. And then everything kind of built up to where when Jesse was murdered, I had the skills and tools and awarenesses to be able to thoughtfully respond to that in a positive way. But if I hadn't been through all of that pain and suffering, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did following Jesse's murder. And I see that with your daughter as well. She's been strengthened and incredibly, she's using her voice as a voice for good now in everything that she does, which is really amazing. And, you know, right now in this, I'm calling it the brave new world. It's what everybody's thinking about and focused on this coronavirus. Um, I always say you can't choose what happens to you, but you can always choose how you thoughtfully respond. And of course, none of us chose this pandemic, but we can choose how we thoughtfully respond. With that being said, how do you think that Born This Way and the message of kindness and acceptance and inclusion, incredible messages, how would you weave that into all the young people and even adults, by the way, because we're just kind of big kids ourselves, still kind of trying to navigate, uh, especially this brave new world. How do you think that the messaging of Born This Way helps people navigate this brave new world? I really appreciate your question and also the kind of the descriptions you went through of your own experience because I don't know that my daughter Stephanie felt that she necessarily did have all of the skills to deal with what she went through, nor did I as a parent feel that I was equipped as well. I mean, I know that I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't necessarily understand the difference between just kind of normal adolescent behavior and a real issue. So, you know, she and I both learned through this and that's what our foundation is built mm -hmm. upon, those principles. I mean, we were founded on the principle of helping young people build that kinder and braver new world that you're talking mm -hmm. about. And, and what that means is equipping them early in life to deal with their struggles rather than waiting for a situation to happen. You know, unfortunately, I think so many people 
you know, when they look at youth, it, it's kind of a problem waiting for a solution when in fact, you know, we're really getting ahead of the curve with them and equipping them early to deal with their struggles. Now, nobody could ever predict something of this magnitude that we're dealing now with the virus. I mean, it's, it's unprecedented. It's a moment in time and a moment in history that, you know, we all hope that we won't come to again, but stress is at an all time high now, you know, both physical and emotional. Everyone is struggling with something. And not only is there stress just about the concern of physically becoming ill with the virus, but also the emotional toll is at an all time mm -hmm. high. And, you know, with people out of work, they're out of money, their kids are home from school, you know, and where I think kindness and bravery comes into play here. And we know this through our research, we conduct extensive research on an annual basis is that young people who report living in kind communities have higher mental health scores. So, you know, at the time that we're in now, I really feel that the more kind that we can be, I mean, the last thing we need to do is add more stress on top of what we already have. So, you know, the more that we can tap into kindness, not only to ourselves, but to other people, the better that we will be. And it will affect our emotional health and our mental health at this time. I love that research. In fact, I wrote down that quote, research shows that young people who report living in kind communities have better mental health. And I think it's really important to say that the latest scientific research, the latest neuroscience leads us to understanding that, you know, our message is fundamentally choosing love over fear and making this choice is the most important choice that we make on a daily basis. And we can't always control what happens to us like this virus, like how other people are treating us, but we can always control how we thoughtfully respond. And what we say is when we thoughtfully respond with love, which is kindness, caring, compassion, civility, we take our personal power back and we make the world a safer, more peaceful and loving place. And I love hearing you talk about your approach because that is a proactive and preventative approach. And yeah. mm -hmm. I think for the most part, what we have been doing is how our brains are wired to react. As human beings, our brains are wired for survival. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I've been reading a lot since this about emotions and almost everything I'm reading says the strongest emotion we have is fear. But the only thing that really trumps that and surpasses it is love and that compassion. So, you know, we all need to tap into that now and because it can trump it, you know, the fear is normal and it's very real. But love is also real right now. And, you know, and I, I just firmly believe that it can win, it will win. And the more that we share that, the better off we're all going to be during these times. And the more gentle we are with one another, we're going to cope better because we'll be much more united. We'll be much more, you know, communal in, in our response. I honestly think that this is, you know, we're all cocooned in our homes right now. 
getting back to the basics, thinking about what's important to us and realizing that we are all connected by the want and need to love and be loved as human beings, regardless of any difference at all. We are all connected by this want and need to love and be loved. We need to connect. We need to belong. It's a fundamental need of ours. And, you know, what we have been teaching in the Choose Love movement is that it's always there. It's a choice for ourselves. Really important to love ourselves. Doing this starts with courage. Uh, just like yours, by the way. And then we use gratitude, which shifts our focus. We can only focus on one thought at a time, meaning we can only focus on a an anxious, fearful, frustrated, angry thought, or a kind, caring, grateful thought at once. So when you want to shift the focus, you can do that through practicing gratitude. Then we move into forgiveness. Uh, so vitally important to take your personal power back and to let it go. It's a gift that we give ourselves, not others. And that leads us and actually strengthens us to look outside of ourselves, to help others. And when we've done that, We've chosen love and we are helping to create the world that we want to live in, which is safer, more peaceful and loving. And so I think, Cynthia, that a lot of how we've been dealing with bullying, substance abuse, suicide, all of these issues is from our negative bias. So we're kind of wired to focus on the negative. We wait until there's an issue and then we focus on it. But what happens when we focus on something? It grows. And when you look at all of the statistics around these issues, they continue to grow despite the things that we've been trying to do. But I think that, you know, your approach and my approach is the right approach. It's the only approach. It's actually addressing the cause of suffering. And if you're not addressing the cause, you can't be talking about a solution. You can be talking about attempting to mitigate the issue, but we haven't been successful in doing that. So I wholeheartedly love your approach. And I consider that your foundation and, and my movement we are really indirectly on the front lines for dealing with feelings of isolation and supporting mental wellness. Well, you know, I think we both have the opportunity to give hope to our young people. You know, and, and contrary to what many people think, th this generation is so hopeful, so aspirational, they want to be helpful, they want to be change makers in their communities. And so I think the positivity and like you said the love the kindness the bravery that our organizations are putting out into the world and into the hands of these young people um, and it is an important tool at this time so i'm really you know grateful to you for that work and for that approach because i think now is a time where so many young people need this, you know, role models they need to follow that path of hope. And, you know, we're, we're in one of those defining moments. Crises can define a person. It builds character. And we're in one of those times. And I, I really hope that we have the opportunity with our young people to teach them the kind of resilience that, that is necessary 
um, in life. You know, you have to be able to adapt to all the different waves of change that happens during a lifetime and resilience will help with that. So we're facing one of those moments as parents, as adults, as educators, you know, as leaders with our youth. And I know I feel privileged to be able to work with them. I do as well. And you mentioned parents. We have some parents that are listening to this podcast as well. You had mentioned previously that you didn't feel like you were equipped as a parent to help your daughter go through the, the painful bullying that she experienced as a youth. And it's funny because also myself as a parent, a JT, uh, who's now 19, but he experienced bullying in school as well and uh, experienced other issues. And, and I know so much more now, of course, but when I look back, I feel like I was totally unequipped. And I wish that I knew then what I know now, but I didn't. And in in some ways, I know that we kind of struggled through it together. And through the struggle, you do pick up skills and tools. And I know that that strengthens you. But with that being said, as a mother who has learned so much and grown through so much with your own struggles and with your kids, Can you share some ideas on how we could offer emotional support to our kids in this time of crisis? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, again, I don't and we don't have all the answers. But like you said, we've learned through experience. And I know myself and our team at Born This Way Foundation, we have learned so much from young people about why they don't open up and why they need so much help these days. And um, let me answer your question a couple of different ways. Some of it, again, was through our research. I mean, we don't really develop any programs without them being informed by the voice of young people. So we do our research up front and we look for those gaps. And, you know, what are young people saying? What are they missing? And then we try to fill those gaps. So. Some of the questions that we answered through some of our research got at, one was why don't young people share more with their parents? And there were a couple of reasons for that. One was, well, their parents don't share their own struggles. Wow. And you know, when I think about that, (laughs) right? I mean, I know I grew up in very different times. You probably did too. I grew up in a really small town. It was kind of the time of true grit and you were just, told to suck it up and snap out of it and and get on with it. And so as a result, part of my style of parenting, even though I was very open in many ways, I had a strong inner fortitude because of my parents. And so I didn't share a lot of my own struggles, even though I was having them. So that's one reason our children don't tell us more. We actually mean well, but we're not helping them by not sharing. Um, The other, you know, and this actually happened through an incident that I had with both of my daughters where, you know, it's one thing to listen. Listening is so important, especially now, but I wasn't really Mm. understanding. What I mean by Mm. that is I wasn't validating, you know, that what they were feeling in that moment was very real for them. And, And they were scared and all they wanted me to do was acknowledge that. 
so that's something else that we've learned through our research and myself from my own children is that yes they wanted me to listen they also wanted me to just validate that you know it's real it was scary and you know it would be okay with the right tools to get through it and then the third element is another reason that youth don't talk to their parents a lot is a fear of being judged and you know that might be one of the you know greatest contributors to it because you're young you're growing up you know we we think we know more and then if you go and tell your parent and they judge you for it it just kind of you know takes you down a peg so um those are really some great life lessons just in terms of why our youth don't really talk to us those three things are amazing cynthia and i see myself in all three by the way <laughs> I, I can imagine, you know, we, we, uh, we've been, I've there. been there. I'm still there. And now we're like, oh, I wish uh, I knew right. this. I know. I, I see myself in all three and I'm so grateful to you for pointing this out because I'm going to do better. You yeah, named uh, it. Now I can tame it. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm doing the same. I'm trying to do better now because I know this information from young people. So I'm just doing my best. What are some tips that you have for your followers and young people who are struggling with their mental health right now? First, we clearly have a lot of information on our website. So there's a lot of tips and guidelines there for young people for coping, whether it just be everyday things or crisis situations. So that's at bornthisway.foundation. Also, um, I don't know if you're aware, Scarlett, but I was recently appointed as global ambassador for mental health to the World Health Organization. And they have come out with some really wonderful guidelines for helping children cope during the time of this COVID-19 crisis. And, you know, children and adults need love during difficult times. So this is certainly a time where Young people need even extra love and extra attention. Our youth are responding to stress in very different ways. You know, if they're really little, they might be more clingy or more anxious. Maybe as they're getting older, they might be withdrawing or angry, you know, agitated because they don't understand what's going on. So there's three wonderful recommendations from World Health Organization. The first, to be more supportive. Obviously, responding to your child's reactions in a very supportive way, you know, listening to them, and also trying to keep your children as close as possible to their family right now. Also, being clear with youth right now, um, just providing facts about what's happening in as you know age-appropriate terms as possible. Explain what's going on. Give them clear information about how to reduce their own risk of being mm -hmm. infected by the disease, but in words that are very understandable and again, age appropriate. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, youth love a routine. So to the degree that you can keep a routine, um, their lives have been disrupted just as ours have. And I think a good example I can give, I have lots of nieces and great nieces and two of my nieces have set up kind of a homeschooling environment in their house for their kids and they've made them each a little desk that has everything they in it you know with laptops and books and pens and paper you know to the extent possible they're maintaining a school environment and they're mm. maintaining a routine in their home mm -hmm. um i mean i think that's been really helpful you know i guess as, as kids get a little bit 
older, I mean, I think whatever they can do to help contribute in this time is going to make them feel so much better. And including things like writing cards at home to first responders, staying connected with their friends and their family, you know, reaching out in these times. I, I just, I don't think there's any greater way right now to spread kindness and love and compassion than to just stay connected. You know, we've been thinking slightly differently about social distancing. We've been referring to it as physical distancing, but social connection, because it's just so important to stay socially connected right now. And this is one of those times we're fortunate that we have the technology that will allow us to do that. You know, I've heard so many great stories of young people helping to make masks, um, helping elder neighbors, checking in to see if they need any food. Um, a friend of mine, her two boys are just dropping off bags of food at their neighbor's house, leaving it on the front door. So there, there's so many ways for young people to be involved. And I also think a great one is through our Channel Kindness platform. You talked earlier about my daughter sharing her story and how brave that was. And we've learned the power of storytelling. I mean, her opening up and telling her story enabled other youth to do the same. It validated their emotions. And so I would encourage young people now to do some writing. Write your stories of how you feel now, what's happening, what kind of acts of kindness and bravery are you seeing in your communities? We wanna hear about those. I mean, that's what the book um, that's coming out, Channel Kindness was founded upon, is that incredible digital platform that lets youth reach us and share their stories. So that's another great way. I'm taking copious notes. I feel like I've been through a self-coaching session because this is awesome. Thank you. That's what our work is helping other people. You know, the, a lot of what I'm sharing now is in the hope that it can help other parents. I, I like that I'm able to bring a little bit of that perspective to it, but you know what? It all came from the young people telling us. So they made us smarter. Young people are brilliant. And now when I go out and I speak in schools, a lot of times, you know, I'll be speaking to educators, but now there'll be a group of kids. And sometimes they have t-shirts on that say school safety committee. These kids want to be involved. This is impacting their lives as well. For and sure. a lot of times they have the most incredible questions and the most incredible ideas because they're thinking from a base that is a somewhat different from ours. We're kind of like a little bit pre-programmed. We've allowed this negative bias to, to kind of sway us in one way or another. Mm -hmm. We have our beliefs, but these kids are, are open. They wanna learn. They, they have incredible ideas. And I think if we listen to them, we can learn so much from them. I mean, the future of the world is in their hands. And from what I've heard from these kids, I feel very hopeful. I do too. You know, I'll share with you what I say is that they keep our, our work real and relevant because, you know, when you hear it from them, that's what's happening in their world. And we do our best to listen and we do our best to come back with programs to help them as a result. Yeah, I, I love that. So this is going to be very helpful to all age groups that listen. And so that book that's coming out, actually, I believe that Choose Love is one of the chapters. That is true. And we are so grateful to have you as part of it.
We are so grateful to you, Cynthia, and Born This Way for your love and support of the Choose Love movement over the last several years. I love the physical distancing, but socially connected idea that you had. That is really beautiful. And I think that we need to focus on that, you know, when we're feeling a bit isolated and out of our routine. I know routines help kids feel safe. They help us feel safe. And uh, we're kind of out of our element right now. So for us older kids, remembering that it is actually an opportunity for growth. We're outside our comfort zone, but we can literally grow through this. It's actually called post-traumatic growth. And we can do that by listening to the advice that you gave uh, on this podcast. It was incredible. I know I've learned a lot from you as well. And then go to the channelkindness.org website and read the stories of inspiration and hope and how people got through difficult times, what they did. It will validate what you're feeling. It will also give you ideas and hope and inspiration to grow through your own difficulty. Connect with Born This Way Foundation. Uh, Check out the research and be connected with that community, especially during this time. I just want to thank you so much, Cynthia. This has been an incredible podcast, so filled with information that I think people are going to have to listen to it several times. (laughs) Well, thank you, Scarlett. You were just so open and asked such great questions. And I just enjoyed having a a nice mom-to-mom conversation with you. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank all of our Choose Love friends that are listening and stay tuned for our next podcast. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you, Scarlett. Stay well. Choose love. Choose love. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, hey, oh. It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you let